Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we're honoring our elders with a deep dive into The Mole Agent, a new cozy documentary about a mystery at a nursing home, as well as other senior citizens of cinema we admire. But first, it's Cozy in the News. Well, first off, let me say it's nice to be back doing Cozy in the News. The last two episodes we did was making us feel cozy this week. So much news has gone unreported. It really has. I know that the people have been, been craving some cozy news. So my news is a new species of a pumpkin toadlet. Was Sounds discovered. delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it is the cutest little toadlet. Oh my God, this headline, Jillian, this adorable new toadlet has glowing bones. It's got everything. It's got glowing <laughs> bones. It's got pumpkin skin. Yeah, it's just so adorable. When I saw this little toadlet's face, oh, I mean, I want to get another a frog. Go back to, you know, my third grade self and get some frogs. It, in the a headline photo, the feature photo, it has this little smile. And it's, the, it's a tiny little frog. They call it a toadlet, but it's actually a frog. And it has this bright orange skin, hence it's pumpkin name. And so it's already a part of the pumpkin toadlet species, but it's a, it's a new type. So it's different than the other pumpkin toadlets in the sense that it's a little smaller and it has a different marking on its back. And it's just, it's just adorable. I, there's really not much else to say, but you got to look up this photo of this pumpkin toadlet and it, it will make your day. It's this cute little black eyes. And I, I would love to see little pumpkin toadlets with their glowing bones through the f- Brazilian forest. That'd be a dream. First of all, this is Jillian's dream Halloween costume. And I can't wait to see your glowing bones pumpkin toadlet costume. That actually is a good one. It's so Halloween-y. <laughs> it's this b- beautiful, bright orange, black eyes. This will be definitely a new decoration. I'm going to incorporate this year. I'm just going to yeah. buy a toadlet. <laughs> <laughs> and have a hop around the house. Yeah, I never heard toadlet before. I don't know why. I mean... Me neither, but it's my new favorite word. Yeah. And I'm going to abuse it. I'm going to run it right into the dirt. Jillian, what do a beholder, snowy owl bear, displacer beast, and mimic have in common? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me inform you of this cozy news that all of those classic Dungeons & Dragons beasts are now plushies so if you are a (laughs) a dork uh, and you love these legendary monsters in your role-playing games but always wanted to have some cuddly ones to just snuggle with when you're watching a movie or in bed um look no further than the funny that's ph plush lineup uh by entertainment earth and they have these really cute what's funny about each of these is that they're quite fearsome animals uh, beasts, legendary magical beasts, and they've made them extremely cute. Like Displacer Beast has a little mouse in its mouth. And I don't know if you know this, Jillian. Um, actually, I know you don't know this, but a Displacer Beast can can make uh, manipulate light and make it seem like there are more and they're all around. It's a cat with tentacles. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I'm looking at it now. Hmm. If Reese's or Snickers just sprouted tentacles one day, how would you feel about it? I could I could see that happening. My cats are so zany. I wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> Snickers, something came up, tentacles or so, some other thing. But she kind of looks like, actually, the snowy owl bear. She has those big eyes. Yeah. I can kind of see that. 
but yeah. I, I think that's my favorite one, the snowy owlbear. Which Me one's too. your favorite? The, yeah. the snowy owlbear, no question. I, I something so about owl bears just like, I, and I think that's why they're so popular. They're just the perfect mashup of animal. Put put an owl head and a bear body. Done. Adorable. Mm-hmm. We're here for it. It's funny how it kills you in D&D in terms of like, this is not cozy, but like it's supposed to like hug you and then peck you with its beak. Oh my God. Yeah. So they're I not, know. you know, but this owl bear, okay, this plushie will, you'll hug it. Okay. It's a little, they flipped the, the script on the owl bear. Well, I love a good collector's item. I, I think collector items are cozy in itself. Um, I'm curious how, so they don't look like the actual characters oh they do but kind of like cute versions of them okay yeah suitable for children (laughs) very interesting now that we um have our pumpkin toadlets and our D &D plushies uh we're ready to talk about our our main focus today centering our discussion around a new documentary that is on hulu called the mole agent that movie centers on senior citizens and we love this movie so much that we thought we might expand the conversation a little bit after we talk about this film to some of our favorite movies that celebrate seniors and honor their role in our society yeah and so i first heard about this documentary because it's nominated for an oscar and the premise sounded really interesting and innovative and i wanted to to check it out so the it's a little, the plot is somewhat hard to explain. So um, bear with me with my, my uh, overview. So the Mole Agent is directed by Meet Alberti. She was first released in January of this year on PBS and it's based in Chile and it follows then 83 year old Sergio, a recently widowed man who answers a mystery job ad geared towards senior citizens. Once Sergio gets the job, he learns he will be a spy for three months at a nursing home watching over his quote-unquote target, the mother of a woman who is worried about potential neglect and abuse in the home. Sergio's contact is Romolo, a private investigator hired by the daughter, a.k.a. the client. Of course, the transition from grandfather to spy isn't necessarily a seamless one, and the film soon becomes less about the investigation and more about Sergio's life among the home's colorful and richly drawn inhabitants. So there's a lot going on, <laughs> but um, Sergio, the protagonist, he's, he's, you know, he's sweet, has a lot of heart, and he was actually chosen by the director because he was the most open with his feelings. And she said that he was the only man who talks about his feelings. He was recently widowed, that he's from a generation in Latin America in which men were raised saying they should not cry or talk about their feelings. And even though many of the other people who came in to apply for a job were very active seniors who want to work and they were all lovely, he stood out. His openness led him to constantly talk about his feelings with the woman he meets, which allows him to talk to him. And he's able to generate a bond because he is also willing to open his heart and express what happens to him. And that truly, in my opinion, um, is the heart of the film. Another interesting tidbit is that Romolo is a real private investigator and he first uh, conferred with the director because he was interested in investigating elder abuse in nursing homes. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I remember this in the film or if I read it afterward, but apparently they needed to interview those new moles because Romulo's regular mole uh, broke his hip. And oh. <laughs> I think it's so interesting that the movie seems like it's starting out on this premise of we're going to send a a senior mole into this nursing home to uncover potential elder abuse. 
which is a totally different film, right? You can already imagine Mm -hmm. how dark that film would be. But what happens is something totally different. And what you do and discover instead is all of these beautiful relationships inside of this home, but also all of the lives and stories which is waiting and and they're so urgently needing to be told and and Sergio when he comes in provides everyone that opportunity to open up and share their story. Yeah, and you can tell from the onset that he he's just he's just, you know brimming with emotion and he has this gentleness and kindness that makes it makes him a natural person for people in nursing home to gravitate toward. But before we get all into that, uh, the movie starts off with the interview process, which is is really cute and sweet because Sergio has to learn all of the spy techniques and and codes and how to use an iPhone. He's never used an iPhone before. Um, When the person before him who's getting interviewed, he had to take a picture of I was calling him Romolo, but he's Romolo. What is his name? Uh, Romulo. Romulo. Ro- taking a picture of Romulo, Romulo, and he ends up taking 15 photos of him at once. And so it was, it was cute and sweet. Um, yeah, Romulo's impatience funny. with Sergio is kind of funny. Um, yeah. Not, he, he's not impatient in a mean way, but it's definitely there. <laughs> yeah. But Sergio is incredible. Like, not only is he just so emotionally intelligent, he mm-hmm. is a really snazzy dresser. He is dressed oh, yeah. to the nines every day. A gentleman. Yeah, a, a true gentleman. Actually, every, and everyone keeps calling him that too. Yes. W- when Jillian shared this movie with me and I watched it, it was like clear that we had to talk about it on the show because it's so thoroughly cozy on many different levels from the clothes everyone's wearing to, I know we have a lot of cozy mystery enthusiasts here, including myself, the central quote unquote mystery of like, is there potentially abuse happening, but actually a more compelling and maybe true mystery is who is the thief in the nursing home who keeps taking people's stuff? So there's like (laughs) that, that becomes the main focal point is like once they kind of figure out, okay, the one thing happening is um, someone has sticky fingers and um, Sergio's like Jillian, you were saying his um, spy techniques are lacking. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, it's so funny because he's not even trying to, conceal himself he's just walking into rooms he you know openly spying other people's rooms he can't recall the person he's supposed to be looking after his target so he's mixing up the name of his target he can't find his target for the first i think you know four days he's forgetting to send in his daily reports and it's, it's just hilarious to watch him be a terrible spy but i'm thankful that he's a terrible spy because he's more focused on building these you know beautiful relationships and becoming i would say the king of the nursing home literally it's not yeah literally and he's he's humble that's the thing he's not you know not a tyrant yeah (laughs) he's not you know purposely attracting out all this attention just by him being a sweet and good-natured person and he's also, as one of the ladies' comments when he first walks in, like she's like, "Oh, he appears lucid. Like that's you know a selling point for him to be a hot commodity in the in the nursing home." Um, but there's one one thing I forgot to mention at at the start. Uh, you'd probably wonder why, uh, you know, an elderly man who's able to move about his own in the world would willingly 
be a spy in nursing because you have to give up your life for three months and that's a pretty big deal and he has a daughter and he has a son and he has grandchildren who he loves but he said that you know it it's mentally liberating and I feel like the person I used to be going through this process of becoming a spy and so that agency that is sometimes lost when you become elderly he's regaining that and that's super cozy and sweet yeah 100 percent. the women that he meets in this nursing home are incredible like oh, each one each one of they're they're the stars like each one of them has such a <laughs> powerful personality and also really touching story oh man from berdita's like persistent um and insistence on being independent to perdita's poetry which is really beautiful. Yeah. And the the film documents this. And it's interesting because, I mean, I guess credit to Sergio's um, sleuthing skills is that, like, he also has the burden of having to do it with a camera crew following him. They do it at a pretty at, at a distance most of the time. You're, you might be wondering if you're listening to this, like, okay, this is a documentary? Like, how is this possible that he's investigating undercover, but there's a camera crew there? So... The, the setup for it is they tell the nursing home that um, he's just a new resident checking in and they want to do a documentary on new residents. The director also has a history of making films about older people. And I guess they were eager to have the director come, come in with camp, come with a camera crew. Cause I guess she's well known. Mm. Yeah. So, so there was nothing unusual. So the whole idea of him being a spy, quote unquote, like didn't, no one was even thinking about that. Right. That was like something that was just, his his own job when he when he was there, but I think what's extra, is extra funny too is that the residents are well aware of the cameras and especially in the beginning like can't help but just stare at them, and you know kind of like they all like I love there's this one scene where like there's this woman just chilling on a bench and her and her friend just like hitting her leg, hitting her leg, <laughs> yes. and she's so annoyed. She's like, "Will you pl- stop? She stop hitting my leg," and then she because the other one keeps pointing pointing at the camera like, "Look, look, look." And she looks at it and she's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's like, it, it's it's interesting because it almost feels, it doesn't feel like a documentary. It was just kind of weird. It, like it feels like you're really just in there and it's a, almost a fictional narrative film, but it's a documentary somehow. It, that's just how intimate it is. Like it feels like you're really up close and personal with all these people. And it is uplifting because even though there's the central mystery of like the thief in the nursing home um, and who that might be, all of that resolves in a really touching way. And everyone's actually quite, um, you know, all things considered um, sweet about it. Yeah. And like you said, the, the the women of the movie were, were the, were the stars and going back to Berdita, she has a, you know, huge crush on, on Sergio. And um, I think it just goes to show that what really stuck out to me that, your zest for life and to live and to enjoy all the things in life that we sometimes take for granted when we're younger, it doesn't fade away. It mm-hmm. just gets, in my opinion, gets stronger. And this movie proves that. I mean, the desire for, for, for company and, you know, love and to be, you know, mentally stimulated just because you're old <laughs> doesn't, doesn't all fall away. And um, so I thought her pursuit of him was, was really touching. I know they meant to be comical in the documentary, but um, just you have to wonder about Berdita. You know, what did she ex- ever experience love in her life? And you wonder about these people in their past and and who they were before they came here. And, and that's important to remember too, that 
they're all people with, you know, probably these rich, incredible histories. And um, just to, for them to be able to share some of their story is is a really unique and cool opportunity. But I also, it was hard at times as well. Um, there was this woman who was struggling with dementia and Sergio handled it so beautifully. You know, every time they would talk, she she would she would recognize him, but she wouldn't remember the conversation they had. I, I believe that was, that's yeah. what it was. And so she was so um, sweetly embarrassed and she would say, Oh, I'm, you know, I am sorry if I said something stupid in our last conversation. He was always so reassuring of her. And apparently her children had never come to visit, which is another common theme in the nursing home. And he, Sergio went out of his way to get photos of her children and gave her a little booklet of photos of her kids. And he went through it with her and had her name, all the people in the photos. And so just the care and consideration that Sergio displayed throughout the movie was so, so heartwarming. And I obviously, you know me, I cried so so many times, um, in in the, in the, in the film, but, um, the the end of it ultimately, you know, don't want to spoil it, but, um, it, it ends in a way that you wouldn't expect, you know, this, this spy movie, I thought I was going to be laughing the whole time. And it, um, you know, elderly man and becomes a spy in a nursing home, you know, insert, you know, the shenanigans here. There are shenanigans, but that's not what the movie's about. Yeah, it's a movie that insists on the dignity of the elderly that it focuses on. Mm-hmm. It's it's also like the, I think, a quiet commentary on the way often too often older people are abandoned and kind of left into their own, this this like separate space. And mm-hmm. how detrimental that can be. Um, they support each other. And it seems like the staff also does their best. But these people really want their family there. And sometimes, sadly, they're not there because they can't be. And other times, very frustratingly, they're not there because they don't, they don't choose to be. And so yeah. they do their best to support each other. But I think it's a reminder to every, like to, I think anyone who watches it, Right. That, you know, the importance of maintaining connections with with these people, because they are still people who need human connection. You can't just like shuffle them off. Um, Understanding, of course, that there are care needs that people are going through and the care fatigue. And there's a whole thing. I don't mean to dismiss, you know, those very important issues, but um, even just getting visitors. Right. These people are so desperate for visitors, even just people to talk to. And, and just to, to be with, to have company. So, you know, it, it, I think you're right. Like it gets these really powerful themes, but it does it in this sort of like, it kind of get, gets into them eventually, but they get, you, you are warmed up through the comedy and um, lightness of Sergio's spying um, that gets yeah. you into these really, really deep and um, thoughtful topics. Yeah. And even when Sergio has to leave the nursing home, he, you know, is, grateful to leave so he gets to go back to his family but he you know he cries because he's going to miss the connections the connections that he formed i'm i'm really glad i checked out this movie it was really enjoyable and i watched on a sunday which i think is the perfect day to watch it just settle Mm -hmm. in with some coffee and it was great so branching out from the mole agent which we highly recommend it, it is a very cozy touching film um jillian are there any like just thinking in general about Films that um, really honor older people in society or who feature actors who are still in their prime but but older that you think of like what what are your what are your go-to's for um, senior cinema, I'm gonna call it? 
Well, recently I found this Netflix series called Love, Six Stories of True Love, and it features couples who have been together for over 40 years. And um, it just appealed to me because I'm interested in, you know, long-term coupleship, if you will, Mm -hmm. and especially in quarantine, how just being together with your partner solely and because that's what it looks like for a lot of elderly people because a lot of their friends have, you know, died and they don't have family around. So just that togetherness, I think, is cozy in the day-to-day life existence with a long-term partner. And I watched this, uh, I watched one episode and it was called Natty and Augusto and they live in a beautiful, calm, slow pace of life town in, in Spain. And they were just so sweet. Their banter is really adorable and funny. And it it's, it's, it's interesting how it mirrors, I think the banter that you know, my partner and I have, you know, the little, the puttering around the house, <laughs> the little like comments here and there, you know, side comments. And, um, Augusto is going through a transition in his life where he can no longer drive. And so he's lost a sense of agency, but through that, he grows even closer with his wife and his wife is always nagging him to finally take her to the beach. And that's like a running joke throughout the one hour episode. I thought that was, it's a really sweet and lovely to see that long-term companionship. Lots of putzing around together. Which so much putzing around. Also, I, I watched this episode and there's so many beautiful shots of the Spanish countryside. Yes. Um, and honestly, Natty's like... <laughs> insistence on going to the beach is hilarious yeah it really is and him joking oh she's gonna um have to wear her bathing suit and show spain what she has to offer and like all these little jokes um that they they have a really a funny and light banter there was one really touching moment where she was getting insecure about that idea and Mm -hmm. like you know oh you know they're gonna judge me when they're on the beach and and he was so good and reassuring to her yeah yeah, they had they had a great relationship in in my opinion, and you're right. Just the the shots were so cozy, especially that one scene where they're celebrating Christmas and they have two gifts underneath the tree, mm. and Nati gets a, a robe, and just they they shuffle out the door together. And what what do they say? <laughs> what, is, what 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 do the three kings get? Is is that what they say in Spain? The three kings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that one was really sweet. And they're the slow blinking lights of their tr- tree. And they were just staring at the lights blinking on and off in silence. And I'm like, that is true companionship. <laughs> just watching the Christmas lights blink and, and just staring at it in silence. That oh, silence only long-term partners. Well, just clearly <laughs> the, appre- the, the appreciation for the time together. I, I just, that's like yes. self-palpable in it. Like they just want to drink it in and it's beautiful. Yeah. What about you, What's one you like? Well, one that came to mind, and I think I've talked about it on the show, but I'm uh, it's been a while, so I'm not entirely sure. But um, Tea with the Dames comes to mind, and it's a it's a documentary as well. It's a conversation piece. It's like almost like a podcast, if you will. Um, so it's Joan Plowright. So it's like these legendary actresses, British actresses, uh, Joan Plowright, Maggie Smith, Judy Gench, and Eileen Atkins, and they they're all dames, and they're all having tea and they're all <laughs> spilling the tea about Ooh. their, you know, relationships and their, um, the directors they loved and the directors they hated and, um, the performances mm. they, they loved and the performances they hated and just like really funny, um, tales from their days on the stage, the worst reviews they ever got. And 
there's all this like wealth of of experience and life and i mean obviously all these actresses for the most part and not not everyone um due to due to various issues like blindness and and so on but like um obviously judy dench maggie smith extremely active right still today i think what's wonderful about that movie and just their work period is like they've never slowed down they are still working they're still at the top of their game you still get excited to see a judy dench movie because you know she's going to be amazing in it and i again i just really think that like there's no nothing patronizing about it there's nothing like condescending about it like oh little old ladies no 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 these are powerful actresses with really amazing stories to tell and you're lucky to hear it um, I love the title. Yeah. So you said it's a podcast or? No, no, no. It's, it almost feels like one because it's so, so oh, conversational, it like- but it's okay. a film. It's a film. Oh, I think it's on it's Hulu. F- That's where I watched it. If it's not there, it's somewhere else, but it's, it's, it should be somewhere streaming. Oh, I'm definitely going to check it out. And when you said spilling. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Tea. There's some good stories in there. Yeah. Oh, that's a, uh, that's a great pick. I love that. Um, my other pick, Synops is really so cozy, but just great performances as away from her. It's based on Niles Monroe novel. It was uh, directed by, well, the director really likes Sarah Polly and it features Julie Christie and Gordon Pinsett. And it's about, well, the Julie Christie's car- character is suffering from dementia and she has to go into a nursing home and her, her husband had affairs in the past and he, you know, is recalling all the th- wrongs he did now that she's away and in the nursing home. And through his visits, he realizes that she's forming a relationship with another patient who also has a wife. And f- at first he thinks that it's payback for all, you know, things wrong he did in his marriage. And he's questioning whether she really does have Alzheimer's and he's doubting it. Um, but then he realizes that it it is true. And uh, eventually the one of the patient's the patient that the, her, his uh, wife falls in love with, he is taken out of the home and she's just so despondent and he goes out of his way to reunite them. And it's, it's a really hard, hard film, but it's, um, it's also, I think, important to face those realities and the things that people go, go through, you know, in, in later years sometimes and the, the strength of relationships and what people will do for someone that they, you know, deeply love, even though it's hard. And so, yeah, I it's check it out. It's a little bit older, older two thousand six, but um, it, it's some a movie that I that I was really taken by. That's that's a great choice. Um, I guess one more for me, if I'm going to shoehorn one in, uh, shoehorn two in. Actually, I I can't defend these films as being like amazing films or whatever, but like coziness through the roof. I'm talking about the best exotic marigold hotel films. <laughs> <laughs> the best and the second best speaking of judy dench and maggie smith who are in those films as well uh, if you haven't seen them they're centered on like basically all these british folks go to india um to this hotel and it's not what they thought it was going to be when they go there but of course um it becomes more than they could have ever wanted <laughs> <laughs> through the amazing i mean there's a lot of drama in these films um but at the core the it are these like, again, just like extremely strong performances, um, just kind of whimsical, silly humor um, where there is humor. And I just find them to be very calming to watch. I mean, like, you know, I kind of take off my critical hat when I watch these, <laughs> these Marigold Hotel films and I kind of just put on my like, 
I want to watch Judy Dench act. <laughs> um, well, yeah, can't can hate you for it. Yeah, so I, I find that to be just kind of like you know, it's like visiting just like with all these like really amazing actors who have like illustrious careers and are so good. And it's, I mean, the wattage on this cast is incredible on both films. Even the young people like Dev Patel is in both and um, are incredible actors. So I, I, I'm sure many people have seen them. They're pretty popular movies. But if you haven't and you're like, again, this is a good Sunday film, like you're just chilling out and kind of want to put something on to, you know, soothe yourself with, I think they're good choices. It's a great pick. And I'm just going to give my last shout out, Harold Ahmad. I mean, I think that's just a classic. And um, yeah, talking a, a about loving a senior. Film. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> way, way, to, way to end uh, end out our senior cinema. <laughs> I, I think we have well supplied our listeners with a great um, viewing list for this weekend. Let's also add a couple of music recs to that list with our soothing sounds. My soothing sound this week is by Cassandra Jenkins. She is a musician based in Brooklyn, New York. Her sophomore album, An Overview on Phenomenal Nature, which is a phenomenal title for an album and has really cozy, beautiful cover art, just came out in February. One of the songs on it, I was like listening to a few songs. I know this was kind of, this is kind of like a critical hit at the moment. And I found one of the songs on the track listing is called New Bikini. I don't know. I think it's really cozy. So let's listen to New Bikini by Cassandra Jenkins. So gorgeous. Steregum put it this way, um, and I think they're right. It feels like you're inside a cloud in the song. Yeah. Yeah, you're just floating away. And I agree, the cover art is is stunning. I want the the poster in my house. <laughs> it's just this beautiful pastel pink against a blue ocean. And it's just it's lovely. And it's um, almost like um uh, well, you're going to hypnosis almost. Yeah, there's all these a little electronic noises kind of buried in, which if it sounds like a video game, I'm all on board with it. Oh, um, yeah. But I, even just the lyrical content itself, like the way it vacillates between like the mundanity of like buying a new bikini, but also the profundity mm-hmm. of the healing nature of water, which the, the song is really focused on. I think it's really beautiful both in sound and in content. Agree. And there's a Long Island shout out. So. Yeah, that's that got you in. <laughs> of course, I'm hooked now. Well, that's a great pick. I, I'm going to have to listen to all of this when we're done. So my pick is Child Lion, Sunny Day. I can't tell you anything about Child Lion. I just happened to come across this song and it it's extremely repetitive. It's the same lyrics over and over again, but I imagine myself just meditating to it and being transported to a sunny day, which is the title of the song. So it was released in April this year, and I have nothing more to say about it because I don't know, like I said, where it comes from. But I I really enjoy it, and I listen to a bunch of times all this week. So let's listen to Sunny Day. To feel the rain, what a sunny, sunny day. 
I'm going out to play The warmth upon my face Takes me to a happy place Oh, sunny, sunny I love this song. It pulls you right in and it's so earwormy. Yeah. When it, as the song gets stronger, even though it or sorry, progresses, even though it's the same lyrics over and over again, different sounds start to fall away. And eventually it's just this like beautiful mix of his voice and little melodies. And it, it, then it suddenly cuts out. The way it's composed, I think, is really magical. And something about his voice is very comforting. Yeah. Child lion is neither a child nor a lion. Discuss. <laughs> don't, don't um, know who this guy but, is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sunny Day certainly is a spectacular song. But quit singing about it being a sunny day. We're headed into the cozy library. So this t- pick is a little different than other picks in the past. So it's not a cozy mystery, but... I was inspired because I think I'm fancy now. I bought rose water and I've been putting rose water in lemonade. La la. Now I think now I think I'm a mixologist. <laughs> I was afraid I put too much in. I Google can you overdose on rose water? I was I'm like so anxious. But you cannot, just FYI, at least not to my knowledge. So I was interested in um, you know, summer cocktails or spring cocktails, and so this seemed like a cozy pick. Is released in 2013 by Amy Stewart, and she explores a dithering array of herbs, flowers, trees, fruits, and fungi that humans have through ingenuity, inspiration, and sheer desperation contrived to transform into alcohol. <laughs> of all the ext- <laughs> of all the extraordinary and obscure plants that have been fermented and distilled, a few are dangerous, some are downright bizarre, and one is as ancient as dinosaurs, but each represents a unique cultural contribution to our global drinking traditions and our history. The fascinating concoction of biology, chemistry, history, etymology, and mixology, with more than 50 drink recipes and growing tips for gardeners, will make you the most popular guest at any cocktail party. This sounds incredible. I need to read The Drunken Bot- Also, the title is amazing, The Drunken Botanist. Yeah, it just, it seems, um, you know like a really fun, light read, which I think is what we all need right now. And just feels time in the kitchen and it's spring. So what better time to, you know, break out the drunk of botanist and get to making some spring cocktails and maybe you can find an alternative. So it's not boozy if you're, if you don't drink, obviously. Yeah. But, but if you do drink, you can read the drunken botanist and be the drunken botanist. <laughs> yeah. And also learn about plants. I think that's, yeah, that's, cool no, too. that's, that's, I mean, I think, I don't know. It's it's definitely going to, for all of you um, witchy, cozy, uh, cottage core <laughs> folks out there, this sounds like it'd be up your alley. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so now we are transitioning into getting drunk off some plants and moving into our candle review. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Julian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, this one is very LA and I'm almost embarrassed to say the name of the candle. It's no, you gotta <laughs> Boom Chakra Laka. I love it. By Jax Kelly. And Jax Kelly, if you're familiar, it does candles just like the names are just a little bit much. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the description of this candle is our mantra candle collection was created to inspire a day filled purpose, focusing on the positives in your life with a touch of biting wit. Boom, get those chakras aligned. <laughs> the scents are teakwood, amber, and peppercorn. 
So, you know, all, all the greatest hits. Yeah. I mean, if it has, it has amber in it, I'm sniffing. <laughs> so uh, this, for some reason, has reminded me of cologne my dad would wear when I was younger. So <laughs> I'm sure if you smell it, you won't be thinking <laughs> my, my dad's cologne. Listeners, uh, let us know if this candle smells like Jillian's dad. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love it. I think it's just, it's one of those, you know, not, to, I always say this, you probably, are, I, if she says this one more time, we're going to kill her. But it, I, I know that candles don't have genders. <laughs> it's like a, a masculine, you know, um, scent, which we like over here at All Things Cozy. You're canceled. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, scents have genders and then, oh, you know, yeah. So going down, going, digging my, digging my hole. So um, <laughs> I'm going to move on from the chakra. I don't, I don't think it's anything to do with chakras. I don't, I think it's just so people will buy it, but that's my two cents. Yeah. So, so what do you think? Is this a full oh, wick up? Yeah, my wick. Hmm. I would say it's a half a wick. I wow. love the smell. After all well, that? <laughs> I know. I know. I, I love the scent, but I think that. I, I like to have some connection with the, the title or the, the name of the candle. There's Jillian. no connection here. Boom Chakra Laka is a good title for a candle. It, good name. It is, but I wish they somehow explained how the scents re- related to that. I, maybe I'm looking for more of my candles now. I don't know. I want more. A Boom Chakra Laka by any other name is still a teakwood amber and peppercorn candle. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds great. Does it smell good? Oh yes, no, it's lovely. So I'm not, I'm not hating on the scent. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh. Maybe I'll give it the. No, don't the change it on word. my account. It's just interesting that. Yeah, no, that's totally valid. If if you're like, I don't want people to know that I'm burning a boom chakralaka, but <laughs> sorry, I enjoy saying it, so I'm taking every opportunity to do so. Well, I know what to get to you for uh, Christmas. Yes, you do. That and an owl bear plushie. <laughs> um, Jillian, I can't believe we're at the end of this episode. We're blowing through them these days. Um, yeah. But before we go, we want to shout out to our wonderful patrons for their continued support. If you'd like to join our Patreon, we're at patreon.com slash allthingscozy. You can also find us on social media. We're on Instagram at allthingscozypodcast. On Facebook with the same handle. We have a really cozy Facebook group with amazing people who keep us all up to date. They have cozier news than we do, actually, yeah. if you go to the Facebook group. <laughs> I highly recommend joining us there if you have a Facebook account. Anyway, Slice It, we are so grateful for you as a listener. Thank you for taking the time to get cozy with us today. Um, we'll be back in yours with a new cozy episode in two more weeks. Until then, stay, stay cozy. cozy.